to another episode of Footnotes. In this episode, we'll be talking to Brad Allen and Mary Lane Sloan of The Art of Real Estate. When you think about real estate, a lot of things will come to mind about buying homes and selling homes. But I think what you'll find in this episode is when we talk about their business, I love the way that they talk about their business. They speak so well of it and so highly of it. The, the pride and passion that they put into their work comes out not just in their words, but also in their actions and in how they think about running their business. I had a lot of fun just being a spectator and listener on this interview, and I hope you will too. Well, hey, we're here today with uh, Brad Allen and Mary Lane Sloan from The Art of Real Estate. Um, and let's just jump right in here. You know, we're, we're fresh off the heels of, of 2020, you know, the year to, you know, end all years. Yep. Um, you guys are in the real estate business, a, a service business that sure. really relies or traditionally has relied on interaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. 2020 was the year that sort of outlawed interaction, at least in the kind that, that's normal and, and natural in your, in your business. Um, but you had a great year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How? <laughs> well, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I think our firm does a really good job with is we're constantly looking at what's working, what's not working, like on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, what worked yesterday, what didn't work, and let's pivot again tomorrow. So instead of just sitting around being like, well, this sucks, you know, we were constantly trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Because part of our mission and vision is to provide a full-service real estate experience that's exceptional. And so how are we going to continue to be exceptional, right? So, you know, fortunately, we were already using some technology like a Matterport where people could actually virtually walk through houses. You know, it's different than a virtual tour where it's like, you know, pictures strung together with cheesy piano music. like Google Street View inside of a house. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing that forever. Those cameras are $4,000, but we did it to provide an exceptional experience, and it allowed us to continue that. So that was one thing I think that people really appreciated because when the earth stopped and everything shut down, people felt like they could still safely walk through properties and sellers felt like people could safely walk through their property without them having to leave. And so I think that was just one of the things that we were able to capitalize on that helped that experience and that interaction still feel somewhat Mm -hmm. real. I mean, we already had a Zoom account, yep. you know, yep. like I think we were we were Zooming before it was cool right. and trendy yeah. um, because we do have a lot of clients that move from out of market. So we were we already had some of those things set in place, even though we weren't using them as much as we use now. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, because we're constantly trying to figure out what's next and what's better, fortunately for us, we already had some of that infrastructure in place. So we were able just to roll right into it mm-hmm. instead of you know, some of our counterparts who are just now getting a Zoom account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I mean, uh, Mary, so Mary Lane does sales. She's in sales. She loves sales. And we started our company years ago. We decided one of us had to kind of pull out of sales a little bit and kind of work on managing the company. Now, we run it 50-50. There's not many decisions that we don't make together. But, you know, we're trying to figure out what's happening. The governor, we're watching every day at 4 o'clock to see if he's going to shut down real estate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, having uh, breakdowns. I'm on the couch in our office. There are a few days that it was bipolar bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'd come in and be like, okay, we're going to have to fire these people. And I was like, no, 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 we can do this. Mm-hmm. No, no, And we're nimble and flexible enough that allowed us to do that. And we saw some of our, our competitors, and this isn't about who's better in real estate, that were more corporatized. And they're, they were top down from New Jersey, and they didn't get to make a lot of decisions. So we got to make local decisions that were intelligent for our market and our people and how we could keep them safe so we could still because the thing that didn't stop if real estate sales had stopped understood we would have backed up sure gone home they didn't people kept calling people said i gotta sell my house people said i'm moving i don't care what's happening and it, you want to talk about a life change move right we all know sure. that you're in the middle of something like that now 
we can't just abandon that. And we had deals that had to close. And let me tell you who didn't care, the banks or people that are in mm. contracts. Clients of ours that are moving out of town and are under contract mm. with somebody locally, they've got a contractual relationship they can't break just because there's a, a, a pandemic going around. So it was it was interesting. We couldn't give up, but it allowed us to be nimble. And that was, it was fun, actually. I mean, 2020 was bad for a lot of people. It was good for us. And it made us better because we had to be more intentional with our time and energy. And really, when we had an opening, we had to be really precise on doing it. It wasn't a lot of fluff. We don't just walk around the office looking for stuff. We had a job to do. We got in there and we were focused and it was really fun to be able to like be like that. But I think too, we've tried since the beginning of our company, we want to be known as a resource for anything, not just real estate. You know, like if you need a vet, if you need a doctor, if you need a dentist, like we want our clients to feel like we are in this with them and we are their resource and their guide to Columbia. So I think with that, a lot of people turn to us and like, what's next? What do we do? Like the, sh the things are shutting down, what do we do? So I, we were already um, able to have that rep reputation uh, and mm -hmm. relationship with them. So, you know, we were able to help people understand like where they could go get a COVID test, you know, um, help them understand, you know, what school districts were doing what. And so I think that also helped having that framework there, um, keep that interaction piece because people knew that, okay, the art of real estate is here for me no matter what I need. Yeah. So what, what, and I love the way that you term some of those things in terms of people do need things. They've trusted you for for most people, it's the biggest financial mm -hmm. decision they will, they will make in their lives. And right. they might do it a few times, but mm -hmm. it's, it's big bucks. Right. And, and it means a lot more than just a roof over their head. But they're also looking to you for some of these ordinary things yeah. of, of life. Did you get that way on purpose? Like, like how do you how do you drive yeah. that? Or what's driving the, so, the desire to be that way? That's a, I love that question. So. What I'm about to say is super cheesy, but it is so true. Like nobody wants to live where nobody wants to live, right? So mm -hmm. I tell all of the agents in our firm, like we're not just selling houses. Like we really are building communities. And I know it sounds cheesy, but that is what we do every day. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my job is to, if I've got a new client moving in, I'm gonna try to find somebody else in that neighborhood so I can introduce them, mm -hmm. right? Because that's why we do movie nights. That's why we do, um, you know, spring oh, flings. That's why we do our spotlight videos. We're, we're helping people understand that Columbia is a great place to live. And when I say Columbia, I mean all, you know, like Midlands. Lexington, Irma, all the, the Midlands. Or right? Forest Acres. Or yeah. Forest Acres. It really is. But if nobody is, it, it's our job to showcase those things and not just showcase them, but have events and have things that bring communities together so they can meet their neighbors so that they're like, yes, this is a great place to live because nobody wants to live where nobody wants to live. And a lot of real estate agents and maybe a lot of companies, maybe a lot of businesses, they take it very transactionally. Mm -hmm. I meet you, you want to buy a house, we close, We're good done. luck. Statistically, we impact about 27 different industries when we sell a house. From wow. movers to contractors to babysitters to, dog, to vets to all the things we just talked about. So we become those people. We know those people and we get to use those people. So we don't want to be transactional. And that has been part of our mission and vision. We created the mission and vision years before we started our company. And they've been our bumpers. And we have said no to a lot of things because they did not fit into our, our um, our wheelhouse and we have to give really good credit to Charles Weathers with the Weathers Group who is a advisor here in town and he's just a great guy. And what we wanted to be is a community resource. So when the pandemic happened, like we were talking earlier, we have videographers on staff. 
we weren't talking about, hey, let's sell your house right now. Now's a good time. It wasn't a good time to sell your house in April. <laughs> so we went to Crave, the company next door that we love dearly. And they're like, hey, tell us when you're open. What are you serving? How is it working? And we were able to use our social media platforms. It wasn't about us. And this is not some grandstand. It was just cool to be able to use our resources to help our, our friends and our neighbors. And, you know, Crave's doing great. Is it because of us? Absolutely not. But maybe people found out that they were still open and could go buy a quiche and some other stuff to really support the local businesses. Yeah, when everything shut down, we really focused on, okay, who are the other local businesses that are open? And how do we let the public know that they are open so that we can, you know, support each other? Because I do think, again, same thing with businesses, you know, local businesses, we're all in that same boat, <laughs> you know? And so I think, especially in a time of need like that, it's, it's not only our job, but like our moral responsibility to help each other. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree. Um, and I think the being in business, we see a lot of things that should happen that don't happen. Yes. You know, and, and again, what, I, what I'm hearing, and, and I think there's, there's several footnotes here. I mean, just the, no one wants to live where no one wants to live. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it, it speaks for itself, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really need any, any explanation. And, and but, but making that part of driving that into um, the culture, you know, and being intentional with that. Um, you, you said something earlier about being intentional with, with sort of how you're spending your time and your energy. Talk, talk a little more about like why that became so important. Um, like for the pandemic last year? Sure. Or yeah. in general. Well, because the you know the the world had, when this happened, we we had uh, a dozen dozen and a half agents, and so they've got families to feed, right? We we don't just sell real estate. Like as company owners, we have people that we feel like we have to provide for too. Not just employees. We have eleven of those, by the way. We have dozens of agents now as well, and I, I write paychecks to agents, but I got to make sure that whatever decisions we make, it's in the best interest of everybody, and it makes it safe and able for them to sell houses. And we've had some agents that are really kind of sheltered in place because maybe some um, um, sickness, uh, being able to get sicker easier or whatever those uh, terms are. Amino compromise. And we had some people that say, screw it, I'm just going for it, which we got to back some people in too. But at <laughs> the end of the day, like, how can we be intentional? So we changed our whole process up. You can't sell a house without seeing it. It's, it's not really, it's possible, may not be the best thing. So we changed our systems. We changed it up. We, we gained very strict and we'd go look at somebody's house. They could not be in it. We go glasses, masks, gloves at the very beginning. They couldn't be in there. We'd take pictures, five minutes, we go back and then we jump on a Zoom call for an hour, two hours, whatever it took so we can be intentional with our time. We didn't want to sit there and be across from somebody that maybe we could contaminate and vice versa. So um, the intentionality was the best part because we knew that we only had so much time in a day and we can only do so many things. And when we had that opportunity, we had to make sure it was 100% spot on. And we were not 100% accurate, but that was the fun part of being malleable to small business and being able to do things and keep our office open, but keep the public out and do things like that, um, that really allowed us to um, serve our clients' needs. Yeah, I think we took it very serious to be deemed an essential service. That was. Yeah. That was, um, that was a huge honor and also curse, you know, but we were like, all right, if we have been deemed an essential service, there's never been a better time to show our clients and our community how essential we are and not take that for granted. And so, I mean, I will give Brad a lot of credit 
Brad's brain is very analytical, and so he is able to scan a lot of information and then break it down into little chunks so that I can understand it. Um, but he has spreadsheets for days. And everything we do, not even in the pandemic, sure. is because we can back it up with either data that we've collected, mm -hmm. that he's collected, that shows what has worked or doesn't work. You know, we um, we survey our clients. We ask for Zillow reviews. Like, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out what's working, what's not working. And so I think the the ability we have to pivot quickly, you know, pandemic or not pandemic, to make sure we're always serving our clients is a lot to do with him always watching our processes and seeing what could always, what could be, we're always asking what could be better. So when somebody says, we had a great experience with you, I'm like, that's awesome. What part of it could have been better? Do you see the people that you work with, agents, even employees, do you see them as clients? Yes, I, I've always said we have two sets of clients in this business, the, the public that we serve and the other agents that we work with. Talk a little more about okay. that. I mean, I think people naturally would understand how sort of the paying client or the one that wants to sure. is, is is a client, but talk a, yeah. get a little this more where, into This your, is where we'll differ a little bit, right? So let me go first. Yeah, you go ahead. Cause, okay, because I'm in the market. I'm selling all the time, right? And Columbia, one of the things I love about Columbia is it, it's a, it's a city that lives like a small town, right? Mm -hmm. You really can't change your socks here without everybody finding out about it, mm -hmm. right? But you have the amenities <laughs> of a city, but it lives more like a small town, which that's I really like, right? Um, but because that's our dynamic, there are only so many agents doing so much of the business. So, you know, I tell my, my the agents in our firm, like, you have to remember, you it is your job. You have to provide the best service to your clients. And you cannot do that if you don't play nice in the sandbox. Because if you don't play nice in the sandbox, then you are ruining any opportunity you may have to find out about um, a listing that's coming on the market. Or you know, if you burn that bridge with that agent, well, they might have the buyer for your next listing. And so your seller might miss out on having a really good buyer because that agent doesn't want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Or that, that whole process could really get out of control because you and that other agent don't have a good relationship. And so I really feel like by making sure we play nice in the sandbox and we're professional and we're courteous and we're kind and we're compassionate with the other agents we work with, that is what allows us to also provide a really good experience to our clients. Because agents can make or break more deals than buyers and sellers ever 100%. could. 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree, 100%. Like, if you don't have a good rapport with the other agent, not to take this into a four-hour podcast, but the barrier to entry in real estate is a joke. You can't swing a cat without hitting six agents that you know, right? I mean, everybody, it's 90 hours, 300 bucks, plus We don't a advocate more. swinging cats. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a dog person, so I'll swing a cat. But uh, my point is, everybody knows agents. So what we're not always doing is we're trying to change people's perception that we're actually professionals. We're not doctors, we're not attorneys, we get that. I'm not trying to say we are. And the word essential was a kind of a joke to me because we were not an essential, but we had business to do and that was helping the economy go on. So medical workers, first response, essential. Real estate agents, that was a term, but we didn't use that because I think that was not really a good term for real estate agents. A lot of people are like, we're essential. Yeah, you're selling houses. But at the end of the day, <laughs> we deal with a lot of people that think they're going to be good at real estate. They think they're going to be good in sales. And it's very easy to find people. Like 78% of people use the first agent they meet. They meet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They don't and that's been them. tried and true for a very long time. That's from NAR, they do a big thing. Biggest financial investment transaction of your life. You just meet, you just go the, with the, the first, first one that comes along, mm -hmm. then that's who you're, yeah. you're gonna work with. So it's so like eight out of 10. I mean, yes. that's, yeah, you're sitting at essentially everybody. Yes, Correct. you're sitting at a bar, like, hey, you're an agent. Hey, I'm looking to buy a house, let's go. Mm -hmm. So we're not only trying to change the perception, but we're also trying to raise the bar. So 
the reason we differ a little bit is because I'm not gonna let people skate by on a bad job. Like we are gonna hold people to a higher professional standard. Mm -hmm. And it's it's because it goes back to even emotions. We our whole business is based on emotions, actually. Like even though you're moving for a good reason, say you just got a promotion and you're making more money and you're having another kid, you're excited. You get to buy a nice big house, you're moving forward, but you're scared inside. You don't know what's happening. You love your neighbors, you don't wanna leave them. You're really upset, it's emotional. You gotta pack your stuff up. Your kids' names are on the doorway where they've been growing. Mm -hmm. And it's a good reason. What if you're widowed? What if you've just died from COVID? Like, or somebody just died? Like all these things happen, it's always emotional. And people that take it transactionally and don't give it the grace and dignity to helping these people in their biggest financial transition of life, they're not doing a service to their clients. And it's it's sad because when you don't do a good job for your clients, it it makes the whole thing bad. And this should be a good thing. I mean, you know, sometimes you sell, like the recession, we came up through the recession. We had to deliver a lot of bad news. We had people bring a lot of big checks that stunk. But at the end of the day, if you don't take this as a professional and really work on your craft, I don't want you in our industry. I am not playing in the sandbox every day, but it is that important to us mm -hmm. and to me. I'm not gonna call people out, but like you do have to do your job for your client. Yeah. But I think the misconception is people watch these shows like Million Dollar Listing, which I love, it's potato chips for my brain, but that's, people <laughs> think that the, that okay, to be a good agent, I've gotta be cutthroat, I've gotta be manipulative, I've got to be cunning, and I don't, I, I think that's the opposite. You know, I think to be a really good agent, you have to be a good problem solver. And being a yes. good problem solver is trying to figure out how both sides get a win and not feel jaded or cheated. And the only way to do that is through good teamwork. And we can't do good teamwork if we're not working together. Well, and it's like, I think those things also don't happen by accident. In other words, fostering an environment where there is good teamwork mm -hmm. doesn't sort of happen automatically, if you will. It, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to work on that. You have to be intentional yeah. about mm -hmm. it. You have to have systems and processes and and maybe even good hiring practices mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to start yeah. with to, yeah. to kind of put all those things together. And I think that that's sort of the, there are a lot of myths out there, and, and it's not because things are necessarily untrue, but it's that you only get to see what mm -hmm. you see. Right. And so you you sort of in, interpret or extrapolate from there when sort of the rest of the story is is, is unknown yep. to, to you. Um, so you guys have touched on this a little bit, but I think I think a good place to maybe land this is talking more about in, in so you guys have been, um, independent for about seven, or starting your seventh year. Mm -hmm. uh, you've had some doozies of years in between there, mm -hmm. between uh, coming out of recessions and, yeah. and then 2020, you know, just <laughs> recently. We've seen the top and bottom, literally, of the last century. <laughs> yeah. We've been in it. You, you, you say great things about clients, internal clients and external clients. Um, you believe also what you, you say that's evident in how you say it and just the the way you're you're conveying it and the passion behind it. But I think something that that a lot of people in service businesses miss is how their clients drive change within their business. In other words, it's not the owners that have all the great ideas. Yeah. Some businesses are run that way. Yeah. Um, how have you used the, 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 the words of your clients, the compliments, the feedback, how have you used that to make your business better? I think one easy answer, like we haven't done open houses uh, 10 years. Because we tracked them for yeah. like two full years. We tracked public open houses. So for people listening, like the concept of a public open house had to happen because before the internet, the MLS came out in a book. 
right? And okay. it was in a book, it was a paper book. So the public had zero access to anything. If you wanted to know what the inside of a house looked like, you had to call the agent and the agent physically had to walk you through it. I still got, we still got those books in like right? 2007, So agents got really tired of constantly opening, house, opening a house up. So they said, you know what? On Sunday from two to four, it'll be open. Anybody come through it. And on Tuesday from 11 to one, any agent can come through it because we didn't have the keys to the kingdom. You know, mm -hmm. it was very close to the vest. So that's how open houses got started, right? Now in the digital age we are in, we don't have an MLS book anymore. It's all out there. We have Zillow, we have Redfin, Realtor.com. It's, it's all out there. Um, and so the need for a public house really isn't a, a public open house. And even an agent open house really isn't there anymore, you know? And so we tracked our public open houses and our agent open houses for two years. Mm -hmm. And not a single one sold to anybody that came through that actual open house. And so what we learned- Zero, right. zero. We, uh, we, uh, he looked at it previously, and the one on- But then came yeah, to the open yeah, house, yeah, yeah, he'd right. already seen it, <laughs> And he's, right? y'all would know him, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this like, anomaly, he ruined it yeah. for me. No, <laughs> but they, it wasn't just from the open house, you know, yeah. he'd already seen it. So what that told us was, Oh, these are things that agents are doing just to appease their sellers, but it's not working and but, it's not. But when we asked our sellers about them, they're like, yeah. I don't really want people in my house right. either. And then I don't know if you remember, it was, a couple, it, was a, it was a while ago now, but there was an article in the state newspaper where a group of very nice, clean cut looking people were going to open houses in some affluent neighborhoods and then they would divide. And there's just one agent, so who am I supposed to follow? And then one would ask to use the bathroom, well, of course, and they were stealing prescription drugs. So then we started wow, getting- brilliant. Right. Not, not that I would do but it. then we but started like, realizing entrepreneurs hey, like entrepreneurs. open houses aren't safe <laughs> basically as a female I'm advertising that hey I'm sitting in a vacant home for three hours please come stuff me in a closet you know and as we started to look at open houses on the national level and just the crimes that were happening against real estate agents and and what people were doing you know they were coming in they were leaving windows unlocked so they could come back later it was finally like look if we know they're not working <laughs> and you don't really want to have one, mm -hmm. and it's not the best use of my time, and it's not safe for me, and it's not safe for you, we're not going to do them. But we knew that we had to do something, right? So sure. that's that's when things started to morph into virtual tours. That's when people started to do like the, the photos that they would blend together with cheesy piano music so that people could virtually walk through the home. Then when we realized that wasn't really working because people couldn't get a a sense of like the layout, you know, we because mm -hmm. we do have a lot of people moving to our city from out of market and they're like, yeah, I see the picture of the living room and I see the picture of the kitchen, but like, how do they go together? Or what aren't you showing? Or what, right. 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 <laughs> so then we moved into wide angle lens cameras and that helped show more of the room. But then we were still getting the feedback of, yeah, but I don't understand how this is laid out. I don't know if my furniture will fit, you know? And so then that, and so again, to Brad's credit, he's the techie one of us. He's constantly researching and looking at what our other agents doing in their market like how can we do this better so we went from an open a public open house that was not safe that was a terrible use of everybody's time and then we invested that time and money into now what we do as a matterport and i think people really appreciate that they can take the roof off and look down they can cut it in half and look at it's it like a that dollhouse way. view like it's yeah. got no walls you can swim wow. it you can yeah. walk to rooms it's mm -hmm. literally google street view but the funny part is look at the newspaper i guess is that where people look for open houses galore yeah. still to this day like you're gonna see it because people are just doing what they've always done because it's transactional. It's not what's best interest of the client mm -hmm. or what makes them feel most mm -hmm. safe or comfortable. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the, the little stuff like that. Well, and I think too, I mean, I, my day job, I'm in a service business also, and, and things work in spite of themselves. Sure. In other words, and to perpetuate those because that's the way we've always done it, it's because they're getting just enough success from those 
methods that it, it it's just enough to reinforce it. But, but sure. again, what I'm sensing from you guys is it's like, not only is that not enough, right. mm -hmm. but it's not right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is what I think is so compelling about, you know, I think so many business decisions can be made based on, well, did it work, yes or not? Which really means, did I make money, yes or no? Mm -hmm. And if, it's, if yes, continue. If no, well, maybe then I'll change. But mm -hmm. it's like, you guys have blended, it is a business, you're serious about it. it it's, it's not a not-for-profit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like you guys have, have listened, you've hired, you've learned, you've incorporated all these things to make it sort of the the, the right way and, and this is not a commercial I mean this is we talk to businesses all the time I mean we, we this this show is about it's called footnotes because people will look at a story from the outside but like when you're reading and you hit the footnote it gives you more context and more details to make the story yep. better yep. and I feel like some of the footnotes that I've, that I've heard from you guys you know the, the no one wants to live where no one wants to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm gonna remember that. Um, also about listening and learning from the people who really are your business. Mm -hmm. um, and also just how you guys seem to treat your your agents and, and your employees as clients. I, I think that's something that again, for service businesses um, really gets lost yeah. in, mm -hmm. in the shuffle, so to speak, or, or, you know, you're so focused on the one thing or the bottom line that, that you can kind of throw that, throw that out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, no, you didn't need me to tell you this, but I love what you guys are doing. I love the way you speak about your business. I mean, of course it's successful. Of course you're, you're doing great things, but it's so great to hear people be excited about things because business is hard. Yes. Yeah, business is full <laughs> of transitions or, 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 What's the right word here? Business is full of like hard stuff, hard work. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But to hear people still speak well of what they're doing and who they're doing it with and what the future could be like, it's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Hey. Appreciate that. Thank you for doing that in your business here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks.